You're listening to the Boss Yourself First podcast, season two, episode four. If you want to be an effective leader, the first person you want to lead effectively is yourself. Self-leadership helps you create better relationships and a more fulfilling life, and in turn, lead others in a more authentic and impactful way. If this piques your interest, then stick around. I'm Robin White, your host, and this is Boss Yourself First. Hello, hello, everyone. How are you doing right now? I like to picture you all listening as you go about your busy lives. Thanks so much for hanging out here with me as you go for a walk or load the dishwasher or commute to work. We're doing well here just kind of waiting for our vaccine time. So far, it looks like sometime this summer. But hey, time is flying by. (laughs) At the time you're hearing this, it's around Valentine's Day. So summer's just around the corner, right? This season, we're talking about transforming constraint. And in our last episode, I challenged you to start working on your question thinking when you encounter a challenge by asking yourselves, What assumptions am I making, and how else can I think about it? So how'd that go? I hope it went well. Again, I'd still love to hear more from you guys. I've heard from a few of you. We're working on questions because it is questions that enable us to move through the process of leveraging constraint, to build momentum towards reaching our goals. So today, we get into the question that will actually get you to solutions. Are you ready to move forward? The first step is to frame constraint and our goal into what the authors of A Beautiful Constraint, that's the book for this season, they call it a propelling question. And this is sort of foundational to this work. So before I give examples of a propelling question, I want to recount a story told by Morgan and Barden in their book. The story is about Audi trying to win a race in Le Mans, France. Remember the race portrayed in Ford versus Ferrari? I don't know if you saw that movie. I did. I won't spoil it by talking too much more in case you didn't see it, but the race, it's the same race. It's a 24-hour endurance race. So Audi's goal was to win the Le Mans race, and the obvious solution would be to build a faster car. However, (laughs) they believed they'd maxed out the speed capabilities of their designs, and that became the constraint. So their propelling question was born. Remember, it's going to have the constraint and the goal as a part of it. So their question was this, how could they win the race if their car could not go faster than any other car? Well, they figured out that they could win the race if they took fewer pit stops. So their focus turned to fuel efficiency. They used diesel fuel for the first time in their race cars and won the Le Mans, not just in 2006, but for three years in a row. They believed they didn't have the resources to build a faster car. So did you catch the structure of the propelling question? An ambitious goal plus a major constraint. Those are the two important elements. How can you choose a college without ever visiting a campus? I know that's one we've been dealing with. How can I run a restaurant without having diners in my cafe? How can I create a cohesive team that's never physically together? How can I launch a business without capital? Those are all propelling questions. They contain the goal and the constraint. 
I want to stop just for a minute here in our propelling question and refocus on the goal. Don't just breeze over the goal to identify the constraint and jump into solutions. Really look at that goal. What does success here really look like? How would it feel to achieve it? What will happen because you achieve it? And what if it's better than you can even imagine? Just let your brain sort of vision out what it would look like to achieve this goal. Okay, now back to our next step. I'm hoping the propelling question came pretty easily, especially as we're becoming such skilled question thinkers. Once you feel you've captured your propelling question, oh, and also you can go back and adjust your propelling question if it becomes apparent you've misidentified the constraint. That's okay, it's not written in stone. But once you feel you have your propelling question, it's time to get solution focused. You're like, finally, yes, let's do this. So to answer our propelling question, we must turn can't because statements into can if statements. It sounds really simple, but it takes a little practice. And once you practice, you'll start getting better and better at it. For example, just to show you how this works, I can't win the Le Mans race because I can't create a faster car. I can win the Le Mans race if I have fewer pit stops for refueling. I can't run a restaurant because I can't have inside dining. And we switch that to, I can run a restaurant if I use my staff to take online orders and execute curbside pickup. I can't choose a university because I can't travel for visits. We can flip that to, I can choose a university if I prioritize my values and measure which schools most closely align with those values. Barden and Morgan emphasize the power of the can-if statement. A can-if statement keeps the conversation productively focused. They say it keeps the conversation about how something could be possible rather than whether it could be possible. A can-if statement fuels optimism and curiosity. A can-if statement keeps everyone looking for solutions instead of only identifying barriers. A can-if statement boosts our sense of self as transformers, as problem solvers instead of victims. And finally, and this is according to Barden and Morgan, and it's one of my favorite points about can-if statements, it is a method that maintains a mindset. The failure to generate an answer with one line of inquiry simply leads to another can-if, another how. And that's my favorite because you just keep producing can-if statements. Meaning, if you find a solution with one can-if statement that ends without the desired result or failure, you simply use data from that failure as feedback to iterate a new can-if statement and you try again. It's a method that supports leveraging constraint because, be ready now, Barden and Morgan warn that dealing with one constraint often reveals another constraint, and maybe even another, before the desired end result. Again, it's a process. Remember that we're aiming for the transformer state where we don't lower our goals to fit the constraint, but we actually view the constraint as a gift or a tool to improve creativity and accelerate innovation. Sorry, guys. I know it's a rough voice day today. Um, my voice is a little lower. It's a little rough. I'm having to cough a little bit, but we'll get there. 
So the other night, my husband asked me on a date in our basement. <laughs> We're not going out a lot right now. So he fixed dinner and let our daughters handle the cleanup, which was a great system, which I think we should use more often. But while we ate, we watched a show we frequently watched back when we were newlyweds, before kids, called Whose Line Is It Anyway? It's an improv show where the actors are given different games to play that require them to improvise and take on different character roles, different emotions, and make up songs, which is one of my favorite parts. Watch that show. You can find it. I think we found it on Amazon Prime. So watch that show and you'll see how they treat the constraint of the rules. When doing improv, every participant has to have a yes and mentality. If your partner starts a scene where they're an alien in a car wash, you take that as a gift and build your story on that premise. If you go the other way, the no but way, you'll kill the momentum of the scene. You'll disengage your audience and you'll handcuff your actors. This is what a transformer does with constraint when they formulate the can-if question. They take that constraint as a gift and they build their can-if questions around it. So you know how this works. I'm going to challenge you and my challenge for you this week is to formulate a propelling question around a constraint you are experiencing or even imposing. Then get your can-if statements rolling. Now, if the can-if list is too difficult at first, then start with the can't-becauses. They tend to come up pretty easily. We see our obstacles pretty well. And then, one by one, flip those statements into can-ifs. I know you can do it. I hope you take this challenge. And if you want help, join the Boss Yourself First Facebook group, and we'll hash it out together. Also, keep tuning in. I'll be announcing a new self-leadership opportunity in just a few weeks. I'm really, really excited about it, and I'm looking forward to sharing it here with you. Next week, we're going to talk about creating abundance in constraint. And until then, take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found something to grab hold of and apply in your life. As always, any link or information mentioned in this episode can be found at bossyourselffirst.com in the podcast section. And if we haven't connected yet, and I would love to, DM me on Instagram at bossyourselffirst or come to the Boss Yourself First Facebook page and let me know how you're doing and what you think. I would really love to meet you. Thanks for being here and being you. Now get out there and lead with courage and kindness and boss yourself first and add your amazingness to the world. We sure need it. Talk to you soon, my friends.